When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the Hockey Think Tank podcast brought to you by the HockeyThinkTank.com, a website for all players, parents, and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today. Jeff and I are flying solo and we are going to be talking about. So you want to play in the NHL, do you? <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about a lot of different things that go into trying to achieve your dream and how hard it can be to achieve that specific dream. We are a hockey podcast. Jeff and I both chased that dream. Uh, Jeff got extremely, extremely coached. Me close, not me, not so much. But the pursuit of it was uh, was a journey in and of itself. So uh, before we do get into that, let's bring on the talent of the podcast, Jeffrey J. Hulavecchio. Vex, what's up today, dude? I always say happiness is a choice, so I will choose to say that I my day was good mostly, but then I get out of the gym today when I'm done with the college team I trained, go to, go to start the car, rip the whip, and no, no start. No start, zero, just nothing happened. Was it the battery or the starter? No, I don't know. I don't know. It just pissed me off. We tried, tried jumping it, did all this stuff. I know nothing about cars. I just am a hot guy who drives a hot car. I don't know how to fix them. So I had to have that shit towed. So that, that was great, man. That was the last four hours of my day. So I am stoked to be on this podcast right now. Let's rip. I'm happy I'm not doing that stuff. <laughs> Oh my God. I am so sorry to hear that. That's not fun. Yeah. You know, perspective, things could be a lot worse. I'm okay. I'm here. Happiness is a choice. Let's rip. So you want to play in the NHL dot, dot, dot. Yeah. So you want to play in the NHL dot, dot, dot. I think, you know, we get asked a lot of different questions since we started this podcast four plus years ago. And, you know, a lot of the times we get questions of, you know, like how, what can we do as parents or what can I do as a player to really put myself in the best situation to achieve my dream of playing at the highest level, which for most people is the NHL. Some people it's college hockey, some people it's junior, some people it's high school hockey and all of it is gravy. All of it is fantastic. All of it is great. And so, you know, today I, I and we thought it would be fun to talk about a couple different things as it relates to achieving the dream of playing in the NHL. The first thing that we're going to talk about is how incredibly difficult it is to get to play in the NHL and how the numbers 
are not in anybody's favor, really. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, we'll talk about some different statistics. I think that can put a different perspective on, how, again, how hard it is and what you need to do to be able to play at the highest level of hockey in the NHL. Uh, and then also, I think between Vex and I going through our journeys and having played with and coached players that have gone on to play in the NHL, um, just talking about that journey and and some specific things that we've seen either from our own journey or from other people's journeys that we've played with or coached uh, that can show some perspective on maybe how you can relate and uh, try to get yourself or your kids to the promised land, let's call it. So uh, Vex, what do you think? Good way to uh, strategize that? Strategery. I believe it's an old <laughs> wooden shoe, an old wooden ship. I'm sorry. Diversity. Um, it's an old wooden ship. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, uh, this is, this is great. I love this one because this is the goal we all had. We all started out playing hockey. We all went to our first NHL game or our first, you know, whatever game juniors college and you'd see the fans and the older guys playing and how good they are. And you're like, that's going to be me. I'm going to do that when I'm older. So, uh, you know, we both had that dream. We chased that dream, like you said, and, and want to help other people realize that dream. So let's get it. Let's get it. Before we do get into that conversation, we are quickly going to shank some people. And the first people we would like to thank is Gelstix, G-E-L-S-T-X.com, your best place to go for your weighted training sticks. Go to Gelstix.com and use the coupon code think tank one word and you will get a discount on your weighted training sticks jeff uses these in the gym nhl teams use it college teams use it juniors teams use it everybody around the world uses them um they're just a great way to to make your shot better so uh gelstx.com use the coupon code think tank for a discount jeffrey go want to thank train heroic that is the awesome app where i house all of my online training Every summer, it gets uh, it gets rebooted. Um, we add, I add new things. I add new uh, features, if you will. Uh, if you're a junior hockey team, I say this all the time. It's been a minute since I said this. This year, I'm training. I don't know. Look at my board. A bunch of junior hockey teams. A bunch of uh, uh, I have a college hockey team in the NCAA. And over the summer, I had a Division One NCAA team. It's the cleanest app ever. If you want to get your tra- team training with me for hilariously cheap. Um, with videos of everything, hit me up on the gram at Jeff Vecchio Blue Checkmark. Also, want to thank Cured Nutrition. That is the CBD company I'm with. Guys, I can't, I can't lie to you. CBD literally saves me every day from all the anxiety, and it helps me sleep. It helps me recover. Uh, unbelievable for brain health. If you've ever been wondering, this is your sign to try out Cured Nutrition CBD. They have gummies. They have CBD gummies to help you sleep. Those are uh, actually probably my second favorite product by them behind their daily um, CBD dropper. But if anybody has any questions on that stuff, just hit me up and I can answer for you. If you want to go ahead and try uh, my code out, it'll save you money. The code GMBM on CuredNutrition.com. There we go curednutrition.com. We also like to thank icehockeysystems.com, the best website out there for all your coaching education needs. I got to see those guys last weekend. They were here in Ann Arbor and Detroit and caught a Michigan hockey game and uh, got to have dinner with those guys uh, actually. And uh, what a partnership we have built with them. Uh, There's just such an unbelievable resource for everybody out there in the hockey world. Uh, so many great things. They have thousands of drills. They have whiteboard explanations from top coaches on systems and drills and drill design and everything in between. Um, you can get this for your entire organization. 
at a very, very, very high value, a low cost price. So go to icehockeysystems.com, look for the associations tab and get this for every coach within your organization. Not just every coach though, every parent, because they have the Hockey Think Tank Parent Survival Guide. So hockey directors out there, if you're listening, not only are you going to make your coaches better, but you're going to provide your parents much more perspective on how to go through the youth hockey racket. So we appreciate those guys at icehockeysystems.com. Great seeing them this week. And uh, lastly, but not leastly, last but not least, has anybody ever said lastly but not leastly? <laughs> no, no one has ever okay, said that. No. Okay, good. <laughs> um, want to thank you guys, the listeners. We love you guys so much. Uh, thank you so much for supporting our podcast. Our one ask is that uh, you help us to spread the word. So if you can, go to the little share button on your phone or on your computer and share this with uh, some people that you know in the hockey world that you think can benefit from a little bit of perspective from a couple of guys in the hockey world here. And so uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for continuing to spread the word. Again, our numbers just continue to go up and, and the amount of feedback that we get through DMs and emails and, and stuff like that um, just continues to rise. And, and Jeff and I absolutely live for that. So thank you, thank you so much. Vex, you got anything to add? I want to say one more thing before we get into this. Dude, have you heard of hostage tape? Hilarious Is that the stuff name? that... The stuff that like uh, you put over your mouth so you breathe through your nose, dude. I know you got nose problems too. I'm looking at that schnoz through the through the <laughs> skin here three times. Thank you very yeah, much. I had five. I still man. have all my teeth though. I don't know you how snore? I have. I don't snore, but I I don't breathe out of my uh, nose when I sleep. So I wake up and it's like really dry in my throat and stuff. Mm, dude, yeah. changes your head shape. Changes what what uh, energy. Uh, uh, I read a doctor reached out to me on Instagram after I started talking about hostage shape that I was using it. And he said he did a study in his clinic and uh, breathing through your nose more often than your mouth burns more body fat. They found they did all these tests like there's a whole bunch of reasons why you should do it. Brain health recovery. Dude, I've been doing this for a month. They're not paying me to say this. I'm not with them. They don't pay me any money. Um, but I snore like a banshee and I got my own, this is hockey related. I got my own room on the road in the AHL because none of the boys wanted to room <laughs> with me because I really? snored so loud, which was <laughs> awesome. I was like, hell yeah, dude. I love having my own room. Perfect. Um, but in yeah, the actually, wow. Good for you. Yeah, actually, Wacy Rabbit put me on blast, but not probably in the AHL too, but definitely when we were playing in Japan together. Um, there was one time where we, the team didn't get me my own room in Japan. So I had to, I had to stay away. See, and he put me on Twitter and Instagram back in the day of me snoring. And it was like, he was like, this is disgusting, dude. I don't snore anymore. I wake up. I sleep is the worst part about me being a healthy human being. It's awful. And it's probably the most important. Um, I usually sleep five hours a night, sometimes sub six. And, uh, when I sleep with this stuff on, which has been every night for the last month, I literally feel like I got seven hours of sleep with five. It's wild. So I just wanted to tell that because I know we have a lot of listeners um, who probably have that same problem. Tons of people snore or breathe through their mouth when they're sleeping. I'm well, telling so much, you. so much research out there that shows that breathing through your nose is so much more beneficial for you than breathing through your mouth. Dude, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I do it in the gym all the time. I never thought to, and I tape, I taped my mouth shut when I, when I was riding the bike, I taped my guy's mouth shut for different times. Um, throughout the off season, but I never thought about sleeping with it. And I thought, especially me with my nose problems, I wouldn't be able to do it, man. I'm on fire buzzing last month. So I just wanted to say that because I know a lot, obviously people listen to this, they trust us. Um, 
it's it's something you guys out there listening definitely try it again they are not paying me i'm just my fiance is so stoked that i stopped snoring because she used to hate it and i'm sleeping better so i just if anybody else is out there like me or my dad snores my grandpa snores their wives hate it my mom hates it this might be something that'll help your marriage too so anybody out there the the company's called hoshed it's shape check them out that's pretty cool that's cool man all right yeah. i like it people helping people people helping yep. people okay what we do Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So you want to play in the NHL. So you want to play in the NHL. I think the first the first thing we want to go to, and I think we're probably talking more to the parents here than we are in in talking to, you know, the players or the kids with a dream of playing in the NHL. Um, I don't think people understand how hard that is. I don't think people understand how minuscule the chance is that that actually happens. Um, and the statistics, I mean, the statistics of just like how many people play hockey and then how few of like spots there are in the NHL is absolutely insane. So I was looking up like membership in like hockey Canada and USA hockey today. And obviously the NHL is comprised of much more than just USA and Canada, but there's 547,429 players in USA hockey. So half a schmill players in USA hockey. And let's say of those 547,050% have a dream of playing the NHL, 40%. Like that's still a lot of people that are doing that. And then when you go to Canada, uh, Canada is in 21, 513,000. And that's down because of COVID, I think, um, Canada was a little bit later to open up and a bunch of different stuff than the States were. Um, so I think less people probably, um, got back into it because in like 2018, 19 and 2019, 20, it was actually over 600,000. So like, let's say in Canada, 50% of those people, you know, had a dream of playing that's still a lot of people that you're competing with for, you know, 20 spots on 30 teams. So let's call it just because of math, 600 players, right? Carry the two. That's right. 20 times 30, 600. Yeah. That sounds okay. Good. Checks out. <laughs> Only 600 spots. Right. So, um, there's a lot of people with the same dream and, and just the statistics will show you um, that it is very, very difficult to play in the highest league in the world. And I think, you know, Jeff and I wanted to start this off uh, with that statistic just because youth hockey has gotten a little nuts. And I think everybody thinks that they have a shot. And now the caveat to that is in a certain extent, that's a good thing. Because if you have a, a dream and Jeff and I have talked about being a high achiever, Jeff and I have talked about raising the standards and, you know, setting really, really high expectations for yourself and how that can be a very powerful and healthy thing to make you better and grow and and learn a lot of lessons and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's good to have that dream. We're not trying to like damper that at all. And all. there, there are people who probably from a talent standpoint who, you know, 
don't have what it takes to play in the NHL who do because of sheer will um, and because of want and stuff like that. That's just a very, very small, minuscule minute, like very, very, fractional. very, very, very fractional amount of people. But that's not to say it can't be done. And and what we will say is if you want to be that point zero 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 one percent, then get to work, baby. Get this to work. podcast for you every single day. Right. And so um, I think, you know, the, the message here is number one, you got to work really hard and there's so many people that you're competing against to do it. And number two, like, I think for most of the people out there, especially the parents, your kids probably not going to play in the NHL. You know, I don't care if he's the best player on his triple A team. He's probably like, probably not playing in the NHL. So what's your, why is your, why to make my kid an NHL superstar or is my, why um, teach my kid life lessons and get them exercise and make them learn how to be part of a team and go through resiliency. Vex and I are very much on that side of the fence because again, the numbers say that it is so, so, so small. So like, it's weird for me to say this because like I'm five foot four and in retrospect, I probably had no shot of playing in the NHL, but I thought that until I got cut from the East coast league when I was 23 years old. But yeah, at the same time, you, like you made it so far, you were, you that's were the thing, right? Close. That's, that's the second part to this is that even though there are minuscule chances of playing in the NHL by pursuing that dream, you get a lot in return. The, the journey is something that I would not trade anything for. Um, the lifelong friends, the the lessons, the high moments, the low moments, you know, everything I have, I owe to this game and I owe to this dream of playing in the NHL. And so that's what I I, I guess where I'm getting to is that like we're, we're we're putting a little bit of reality into this conversation right now, which I think is a really important thing, but I don't want that to deter people from being that 0.001%. Because if you want to be that 0.001% and you put yourself on a path to do that, even though it may not happen, even though it may happen, but even though it may not happen, you're going to end up as a much stronger, um, much more resilient, much more successful person from having gone through that journey. Yeah. And I think Tope's saying that mainly for the psycho parents out there i think <laughs> like like because you know I, i'm a big fan of somebody's gonna do it why not me you know and i remember teachers totally. you know when you're in school in elementary school and you're like what do you want to be when you grow up and you're like i'm gonna play in the nhl and they're like you don't have a shot and i'm like huh, well uh two nhl deals what's up uh seven games of preseason was right there you know so like don't ever let somebody tell you you can't do something because somebody's going to do it. Like, why not you? Now, all these other factors come in. There's so many details. But the reason Tof is saying this is because hockey's getting freaking crazy. I don't know if you saw the video, Tof. I think if the Rink Shrinks posted it, I don't know if we talked about this last week or not, where the a young kid game, like, like, they're your height. So they're probably like 12, maybe. They're I don't know. Like nine. <laughs> No, but they were very young kids on opposing team skates past the bench. Coach grabs the kid on the opposing team by what? his shoulder pads and rips him down. Yeah, dude, the ring posted it last week. And I said something to the effect of like, I am completely against what I'm about to say. But if that was a player that was one of my players and an opposing coach did that, they'd have to peel me off. And it was like, like 600 something a thousand people like liked it or something i love the rink shrinks they stay out of it. they do a great job of like putting stuff out there but not like 
carving those people. <laughs> but idiots like me go on there and be like, I want to kill this guy for touching a kid. But the reason Tope is saying that is because like the craziness in the game, obviously it's one of the reasons we started this podcast, you know, is we, we got to dial that back and you have to always remember your why, no matter how good or how bad your son or daughter or the team you're coaching or whatever is constantly go back to why do we have kids start out playing sports? Why? And the, the answer is so many reasons that are going to make them stand up individuals and leaders and good followers and good people and good teammates and all these things. So no matter how good they are or how good you think they are or any of that stuff, constantly put those life lessons above all else until they get to like juniors, college pro. And then, you know, they're playing the game for real, for real. For realsies. And I, and I think the other thing too is like, be aware and have your guard up for people who are like recruiting your son or your daughter that are telling them that they're going to get them to the NHL or college hockey or junior hockey. Because again, the numbers are, are minuscule, but at the same time, like I just feel like there's a lot of that going on, just like false promises. Like I, I I've talked to, like I was in the Chicago youth hockey scene last year and you know, the even like double A organizations are throwing out these wild things of like, we'll get your kid here and there and this and that. And and I, I just gosh, like that I don't know where that comes from. I don't know why people do that. I just I mean, I think it's money. I mean, people get paid a lot to schmooze like that, but like, I don't know, man. I it's just like go back to your why. Like, why are you putting your kids in, in youth hockey? Like, in all honesty, why why did you do it when they were six years old or seven years old? Was it really to, like, make sure that they're a superstar? Really? No. <laughs> you know? No, it so wasn't. just a little reality to set in. And, and what's your why? Yeah. And, and, and then, moving forward from that topic, you want to play in the NHL. Well, guess what? It is possible because there's people who do it. So... Yeah. It, it is possible. It, it is just, it is a, when you get to that, those older ages, like you've got to be dialed, you know, we're not saying that your kid is six and they need to be dialed at six. That's, <laughs> I would actually say the opposite. They should be having fun. They should be loving it again. I'm going to, I'm going to pump. I guess this is just a pump the rink shrinks, uh, uh, tires day on, on hockey think tank, but they put a tweet out yesterday. I think it was maybe, and it was to the effect of if your kid isn't saying these two things after games, like re reevaluate what you're doing. And it was one of them was like, dad, can I go to McDonald's or something like that? And can I have friends sleep? Can I have teammates sleepover or something like that? It was nothing to do with the game. It was nothing to do with the score, nothing to do with hockey. It was, it was just like happy life stuff. And so, you know, those are the things that we really got to be preaching at the younger ages, but also at the younger ages, if you do want to make the NHL, which this podcast is, this episode is, is going to be geared towards, have your player take time off the ice and play other effing sports. You like all of them, all of them. You play soccer. Guess what? It, let's say you, your kid is going to play higher level hockey or, or that you, they know, you know, that's their goal, whatever, you know, soccer. they have the talent. Like it looks, have, you know, like, you know, you know, that they they're good have at sports. something there. Whatever. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. Like soccer. Okay. Why should you have your kids play soccer foot coordination? 
being able to move and kick something with your foot while having to look around. All right. Using both feet, you, you, you are like those, those things right there, obviously. And then teamwork, uh, communication, all that manipulating stuff. time and space, yeah. give and go, yeah, you know, right. meeting patterns. Oh, yeah. yeah. We can yeah. go a lot of different ways with that. There, there's so many basketball, reasons. same thing, same thing, baseball, hand eye coordinated, yeah. angling, like. Yep. So yep. many different things. Yep. Lacrosse taught like Rob Shrimp, who I was talking to today, you know, the, the probably the first big guest, uh, uh, not the first big guest. We had a ton of big guests in the beginning, but like one of our, one of our episodes that really popped off in the very beginning, I think it was episode seven, Rob Shrimp. He talked about how the reason his hands were so good and why he's world famous for, for stick handling was because he played lacrosse all growing up all the time. And that's why I have 20 lacrosse sticks in my gym that my guys use weekly on working on lacrosse drills. Um, there's like, just have your son or daughter play other sports other than hockey, get them off the ice in the summer. And uh, they're going to be a better hockey player when they're older. No doubt about it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And going along with that, I, I put a little kind of tiny list together of like things that I think, permeate players that play at the highest levels, like things that are kind of non-negotiables that they have. Um, and the first one is love of the game. Seriously, the first one is love of the game. So if you're a crazy parent that, you know, wants to be a crazy parent for your kid and get them to the NHL, like if you suck the fun out of the game, he hasn't, he or she has zero chance literally zero chance there are. And, and for those of you that think I'm full of crap that no, I, I can push them as hard as I want and make them be a robot and whatever. There are a few that have gone through the cracks. We've had one of them on our podcast, Patrick O'Sullivan. I suggest that you go and listen to that one and see how that ended up in his relationship with his father who did that. And is that what you want out of your relationship with your kid? <laughs> you know and all the guys i played with in juniors college or pro that had dads like that all hate their dads yeah yeah hate 100% 100% so again like what's your why like do you want to have a relationship with your son or your daughter um most importantly family is the most important thing but at the end of the day like i i think back to the players that i played with and the the players that i coached that um got to the NHL and and not even necessarily that because there's others that didn't have that talent that overachieved in and now are extremely successful in life. They they just love what they did. They love what they did and it's just such like a I almost think it's scientific and I know I say this a lot but like when you love something you want to do it more. When you want to do it more you're going to put more intention into it and you're going to do it more. When you do it more with intention you're going to build great habits and when you build great habits that's where excellence comes from. But it starts with love. You're not going to put everything you have into something that you don't like to do. You're not going to put everything you have or want to do something a lot that you have no enjoyment in in doing. So it it all starts with the love. And and like I can name off so many different people that I've coached and played with that have gone on to do it, man. And they all that's like the one thing that is the biggest consistency with all of them is they just they worked at it because they loved it. They worked at I mean, it because they loved it. Great example, Rod Tidwell. For those of you guys don't know, Rod <laughs> Tidwell, great, great, famous football player. And uh, when he was only thinking about the Quan, he 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 didn't play well. He was always talking about the Quan and show me but, the money. 
but but when he was thinking about showing me the money, he wasn't thinking but, about the Quan and he but, wasn't doing very well. But it wasn't until a specific man named Jerry Maguire, Mr. Gerald F. Maguire. <laughs> Turned his mindset into play ball because you love to play ball. Guess what? Huge contract. You guys don't know who I'm talking about? Google Rob Tidwell. <laughs> How did that even get in your head? I have no idea. <laughs> Does anything get in this mashed potato brain, dude? I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know you always love saying, show me the money. But yeah, check out Rob Tidwell. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, okay, so that's, I, I think, the the first thing, uh, you know, when it comes to so you want to play in the NHL, you got to love it. And you got, if you're a parent, you have to put your kids in an environment where they can love it. And I think the second thing that I have written down that I wanted to talk about relates directly to that. And that is who is your kid's coach? Who your kid's coach is, is the most important decision that you can make in your kid's enjoyment of the game. (laughs) And, and like the parent group also is plays a big part of that because you want to enjoy it as a parent too. But, um, you know, I think we can all go back and, and think about coaches that made a positive impact on us and, and fostered this love for the game, along with teaching us, obviously, how to play hockey and things like that. Um, but we've also can go back and think of coaches that made us not like the game. And we were not very good as hockey players when we were in that frame of mind. And so, you know, for all of the the parents out there, like honestly, and, and we say this all the time and people, some listen, some don't, <laughs> um, but like, who is the coach? If you're choosing a team, that is the most important thing. Who is the coach? Tof has talked about this so many times. And if you haven't listened to our Stanimal episode, you got to listen to the Stanimal episode <laughs> with Tof's uh, uh, coach from when he was a kid. Literally one of the coolest atmospheres, one of the best coaches I've ever seen. And I only got to be around them a little bit. Um, but I truly believe Tof kind of blossomed into like the player that he did the following years because he played for this coach. And and he talks about all the time how they didn't chase the wins. They didn't chase the the team that was going to have the best opportunity to win. They chased the best coach and it paid off massively, not only for Tof, but for every kid that played for that coach. Yeah. And, and a lot of the kids that played for that coach chased the wins and chased the other stuff first. And then ended up back with that coach because that coach got the most out of the players and those ragtag kids started beating the talented players. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I just like, it, it goes a long way and it starts, it might like, ah, man, who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody the other day and they were talking, they have like a kid that's five or six years old. He's kind of starting to learn to play. And I, I don't know why I can't think of who this was, but they were just gushing about this coach that was on the ice that didn't really know much about hockey, but he knew how to get the kids to have fun. Like it was five, six years and was like all races and just like fun little implements on the ice and balls. And um, I just think that that stuff goes a long way. And I do every summer I do a love the game clinic and it's one of my favorite things to do. And we literally play no hockey. We literally play no hockey, maybe an occasional three on three with a puck, but like we barely ever, we have hula hoops out there. We have soccer balls. We have all of these different things um, that, that just like, it's just fun. And it's so much like, I don't know, the feedback that I always get is like, my kid can't wait to come to this thing. And I think if you're a coach and you have a feedback of I, my kid can't wait to come to practice or my kid can't wait to be a part of what's going on. Like then you've done your job. 
because then you're growing that passion. Then if you have a little bit of knowledge and can, you know, impart some hockey wisdom after that, that's gravy, you know, but you just make the kids have fun, man. Make them have fun. Especially at those youngest ages. I mean, I say this at every age. I mean, it's the basis of my life. Like you were only here for a hilariously short time. Like, why would you spend any time doing things you absolutely hate and like you're not enjoying, you know? So, um, that is my whole life, uh, uh, motto but like especially for the kids like they're never gonna take in any of these metaphors and lessons or anything if they're dreading going to the rink and then they're not going to be there year two year three year five whatever it is so there's no point so like first and foremost definitely make sure they're having fun and as parents i think you know i think one of the only questions my parents ever asked after games um all grown up for me were did you work hard did you have fun that's that's all they ever said and maybe how do you think you played And then it was just up to me to talk or not talk, you know? So I think, uh, you know, that's a great question that parents, you can start asking your players, like, did you have fun today? And, uh, and then let them take it from there. Take it from there, baby. Those are, those are, those are the two best questions (laughs) and ask questions. Don't give demands (laughs) or tell them how they played. (laughs) That's for the coach to do. Hey guys, I want to introduce you to a new company called NordVPN that allows you to watch things from all over the world and also has an unbelievable security feature for you too. If you're bored of US Netflix, why not take it for a spin in the UK? Using NordVPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. There's no need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN can also bring it right to you. With over 5,000 plus server options, no show is out of your reach. Using our show's link at nordvpn.com slash think tank, you can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan plus one free month. NordVPN also has unbelievable security features that can help protect you, and they've doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there is literally no risk to you with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like, great. If not, they'll issue you a refund and you can pretend the entire situation never happened. Check out my link again at nordvpn.com slash think tank to get your subscription started today. Again, that's nordvpn.com slash think tank. So yeah, I think, you know, passion for the game, um, so unbelievably important. Big part of that, who is the coach? I think the next part of it, um, I, I have a few statisticos that goes along with the next part of what I want to talk about. And this is like graduating into maybe the older ages a little bit. And and Vex, you and I talk about it. We talked about it a lot with Eric Fair on the podcast, Stanley Cup champion. What was that about a month, month and a half ago that we had him on? Um, and that is making sure we are developing versatile hockey players that can play in all different roles in all different situations because there's only so many Alex Ovechkins out there. There's only so many Connor McDavid's, Sidney Crosby's, Nathan McKinnon's, Kale McCars. You know, um, those people have been blessed by something from above that none of us will ever even come close to. Um, and so how do you make the NHL? You make it by being versatile. <laughs> and uh, so I have a few stats here 
that I think are relevant to what we're talking about right now. So I went back to the NHL drafts from 2006 to 2016, and I was just kind of looking, you know, knowing we were doing this episode, just kind of looking for any trends or anything like that. And what I found was actually really interesting. And that's after round three. So rounds like four through seven, there is such a minuscule amount of people after those rounds that end up being like top six forwards in the NHL, like very, very, very small percentage of them. So like 2006, and then I'm talking about like, you know, top six for, you know, multiple seasons um, type players. And so 2006, there was nobody. 2007, Jamie Benn. 2008, Cam Atkinson and Gustav Nyquist. Um, 2009, Anders Lee and Mike Hoffman. Mike Hoffman's kind of up and down, but whatever. I put him on there. Mark Stone and Brendan Gallagher and Zach Hyman in 2010. Andre Palat, Johnny Gaudreau in 2011. Josh Anderson in 12. 13, nobody. 14, nobody. 15, Troy Terry. 16, Jesper Bratt. So in... 10 years of drafts from rounds four through seven, there was what, maybe like eight or nine people, maybe 10, 10, you wow. know, that are legit multiple year top six NHL forwards, you know, and there are some other players in those that are really good players, but those are players that were like top line players before they got to the NHL that had to fit a certain role to be able to stick and to play there. And that's why as coaches, it is so, so, so important that we are teaching playing both sides of the puck and caring about both sides of the puck. That's why it's so important to teach about hockey sense and how important hockey sense is because in the NHL, if you don't have that, you can't be a good defensive hockey player because the players you're playing against are going to just outthink you all over the ice. Um, It's about detail. It's about having coaches that like appreciate like tracking back hard and back checking hard and blocking shots and getting pucks out and, you know, being a center and being able to take face-offs, being a wing, a wing and be able to play along the walls, like all of these little things that are like non-negotiables for being a bottom six forward at the highest levels, you know, and, and, in youth hockey so many times and not even just youth hockey, but even as you get into juniors and and college um, or major junior, you know, we let the star players slide on some of that stuff because we don't want to upset them because they're scoring points. But at the end of the day, again, like I said, like unless you're a top two, maybe three round draft pick, you're not, that the statistics show that you're not going to be a top six player at the highest level. So what kind of value can you bring to a team, right? So we need to continue and do a much better job of molding versatile hockey players that can play a lot. And we've talked about playing multiple positions, you know, play all different positions. So you know how to play different positions. So when you get to certain teams, maybe somebody gets hurt at the let you're in pro hockey and somebody get hurt above you, but you only know how to play left wing, but a right winger <laughs> gets hurt. Well, you're not going to get called up. A right winger is going to get called up because you're not a versatile player, you know? And so uh, play multiple positions and coaches like really teach the details, teach these things that we've been talking about, um, such a difficult thing unless you're a top draft pick to to play in those offensive roles at the highest level. 
Yeah, I feel like it's is... talked a lot, but <laughs> no, dude. And this is, and good. it's relevant to you. It's very relevant to you. Yeah. I mean, this is my life. And then this is why I say on our podcast all the time, I think up until like, honestly, I think up until like freaking 14, you should force your players to play every position, like a couple games. You're going to lose. I don't care. It's for the kid that you're in youth sports to help the kids. Um, I think you should make your forwards play D or for at least a period, you know, a couple times a year, make them go back there, like up until 13, whatever it is, like make them play their off wing, make them play center and like, don't let them like drift and change and uh, like make them actually play that position. So they learn what it takes to play there uh, to, to increase their, their toolbox. Like Eric fair talked about the reason that he made the NHL, the reason he stayed in the NHL, um, yeah, what was his first game? Adam Oates came up to him and was like, Hey, uh, you're a play center. Well, you're playing tonight in his first NHL game. You know, it's like the, the more versatile you are, the, the more opportunities you are going to have that you're not going to lose your skill by playing, um, a defensive role, a defensive line, you're off hand. You're just going to learn what it takes to play in different areas of the ice. And, uh, you know, I, I see this a lot, um, in youth hockey and it happened to me. I was way faster than everyone else growing up. Like I was way faster and I had terrible hands and part of that and, and bad vision. And part of that is because I was so much faster than everybody. I would just beat D wide. That's all I did. I would just literally, it would fake to the middle, take it to my backhand, beat guys wide. I couldn't even do it on my forehand. I could only do it on my backhand. So I would just always cut across the ice from the left wing, fake to the middle, beat a D man wide. What I learned now in reflection is that I never like worked on like stick handling and tight because all I did was take a wide and beat guys. I never worked on like picking my head up and looking for trailers because I could always and I knew I would be able to beat guys wide. And that even went up through junior hockey a little bit where I was still just like forcing my way, beating guys wide. Even in college, I really didn't learn and like force myself to work on all these other skills that I wish coaches would have forced me to do until I probably got to pro hockey and, you know, I was probably too late by then. Right. Like I, I got better at all that stuff, but I would have been much better, much sooner had I had coaches forcing me out of my comfort zone, forcing me to play different roles on the ice, forcing me to do different things on the ice. So I think that, you know, at, you got to have that mindset as far as growth and development that you're going to force them to be uncomfortable and not just let them play the position that they want to play all the time. Cause you know, it's going to make them better down the road. Totally. Totally. And and going along with that, like this conversation, the game of hockey looks much different every level you go up. Oh yeah. Way <laughs> different. The way that hockey looks in a peewee game is a lot different than it looks in a midget game. The way a midget game looks is a lot different than college. Even college to pro looks a lot different. It's a very, very different game. And so what are we teaching the players that can translate from level to level to level skating in a straight line, very fast. Like you said, does not translate to <laughs> the higher levels because people eventually are going to catch up. And then if that's all you can do, then you have nothing else going on <laughs> and you're not going to continue to, you know, um, make different levels, but what does trans? Well, I'll ask you the question. What in your mind are the things that we can teach players that will translate from might squirt, squirt to peewee, peewee to bantam, bantam to midget, midget to uh, juniors, juniors to college or major juniors, whatever, um, to the NHL, which is what we're talking about right now. Ooh, great question. 
aside from like the character traits, which are probably the, you know, some of equally let's go, important. Let's go hockey right now because I'll yeah. get into the character traits after yeah. that. Yeah. So as far as hockey, maybe not like might to squirt, but like, you know, you start with step one at, at might or squirt, you know, and as you get older, you get faster and faster into the higher steps, but, um, edge work control, control of your body on the ice. So like, like that's such I, a strength coach answer. <laughs> yeah. But like, dude, it's like also, it it's also because like guys like you and like months and like Staz and like edges and thing, man, like, like your edges were so good, but you also could stop under control while Holt stick handling the puck with your head up and making a play. Like, dude, I could not do that until I was way older. And I realized what a valuable skill that was, because again, I put my head down and just started churning. And it was like, I'm going to beat this D man, or I'm going to take the D man into the goalie. And hopefully the puck slides into the net as we run over their goalie. Like I, I, that is such a valuable skill, being able to have such control over your edges and balance on your skates that you have the ability and the agility to move any direction at any time. It's way more important than straight line speed. Now, if you can add those two together, straight line speed plus that ability, like look out, you're, that's unbelievable. Um, on top of that, then I would say like teaching players how to puck support all over the ice, whether it's a breakout, it's neutral zone, it's offensive, it's defensive, and, and you're supporting, you know, your guys in there on the puck, uh, teaching them how and, and to puck support and and then with that also, I guess would be learning how to create space and time. There's there. That's one of the most important things. Part of that comes with like puck support and slashing and stuff. But if you can create something out of nothing at the higher levels, that's big time. Yeah. Or you can create something out of just time and space and reading patterns and yeah. reading stuff. Um, I think the first question that every youth coach should ask their team at the beginning of every year is okay. Who is more important, the player with the puck or the players without the puck? Ooh, that is a good question to make kids answer. You know, and yeah. uh, who's yeah. more important? <laughs> yeah, and it's the players without the puck. It it really is. And I play a lot of games, um, you know, with the CLA, the constraints led approach, with rules that you make where kids have to get rid of the puck after one second or two seconds because what does that do it forces them it forces the other players on their team in a small area game to have to move to support right and so i just think that it like that is for me and you said it too like puck support and being able to read where and how to support the puck um that is the biggest thing that translates because at the end of the day like at the nhl level what is the one thing that they talk about the most? It's puck possession, right? And I think that um, most people think of puck pro uh, puck possession as puck protection, which that is a big part of that, but also it's puck support because you're going to possess the puck more as a team if your players are in spots where you can pass it to them and you're, now you're not turning pucks over because there's, you know, an ability to do that or there's predictability once you get to the older ages. But like, yeah, puck support is, I think, the biggest thing that translates from mites all the way up until, um, you know, the NHL. And what do we see with talented players typically? And I'm talking about the younger ages. We see them skate the puck through five different players and score a goal. And then what happens? 
what happens is they get back to the bench and everybody tells them what a great play that was and all of that, which they should. I mean, that's awesome if a kid can go through everybody. But again, like there's a caveat to that because we're not necessarily making that kid better. We should have to make people give it and go move it, get it back. Like that's what hockey is at the higher levels at the older ages. So the younger that we can continue to like teach kids those kinds of things, the better off they're going to be. And, and, you know, hockey sense is another non-negotiable. That's just, that's teaching hockey sense. Uh, yeah. How did I forget that hockey sense? <laughs> yeah. That would be my Puck support one. and hockey sense for me are very right. Like one in builds, the same family <laughs> builds the umbrella underneath the umbrella of hockey sense. But yes, teaching hockey sense would, be the number one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's everything for sure. So what have we talked about? We've talked about love of the game. We've talked about who your coach is. We've talked about, um, just some different hockey intangibles and, and how being a versatile athlete, number one and versatile hockey player, number two, uh, are really, really important. And I'll ask you one more. What's another thing. Tell me something about you know, you got the chance to play, you know, with Bergeron, Chara, Marshawn, those guys in, in Boston for a couple of preseasons. You've been to NHL training camps. You've also played with a lot of guys that have gone on to play at the highest levels. Like what's a consistency from a hockey standpoint that you've seen in, you know, these, these players that have done it. From a consistency standpoint? Well, just, no, saying? just like, like what's a, what's a constant if you can give a constant that like all of those players. Have. Oh, that's funny because honestly, my answer would be consistent. <laughs> like literally like guys at those levels at the AHL, the NHL, and even division one and, and every level you go down, it's not as much as the level above the consistency that the hot, the best players play at in the NHL is, is it's unmatched. It's they're there because they are consistently who they are. It's not like, three good games, one bad game, four good games, two bad games. Like it is, they consistently perform and do their job at the highest level repeatedly over and over and over and over. You always know what you're going to get out of them. They always give a hundred and they always execute. Like they execute more than anyone else, you know, in the world. That's why they are where they are. And that's not easy. Simple, but easy. Yeah. Simple yeah. or simple, simple, but not, not easy. easy. All right. Yeah. Simple, but not easy. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I like to, I like to use the word predictability. Like I knew what certain people were going to be doing every single day because it's not just like a mindset of like coming and being consistent. It's actually the work that you do being consistent, you know? Right. And, and so taking care of your body before practice, after practice, like I literally like, the two guys that I played with at Cornell that made it the farthest, Colin Greening and Matt Molson, in terms of the amount of games that they played, Riley Nash is up there too, and I'd put him in this conversation. But like those guys, I knew what those guys were going to do from an hour before practice to an hour after practice every single day. And I knew the things that they were going to work on every single day. Matt Molson was a guy who was a late round draft pick that didn't get signed by the team that drafted him that ended up playing multiple years in the NHL scoring 30 goals, I think three times. Ooh. And, and like every day he was working on his skating before or after practice because it wasn't great, but he did it every single day. 
every single day, Colin Greening um, was working on his cutbacks because he was a big power forward. And that was going to be a thing that was going to help him to get to the next level. But it was like literally every day, like they never took a day off. And it was just really, really cool to be able to witness that. And obviously you don't really know what their trajectory is at the time, but you just remember certain things about certain people that you played with. Right. And so something I remember, and then having the ability now to coach players that have gone on to do it um, and reflecting about players that I played with players that like, it just consistency of what you do small gains every single day, the not sexy stuff. Like it's so important. There are very few people that can get by and get to the highest level without doing that stuff. There are people that can do it, but But they also don't reach their maximum potential and they don't play in the league as long as they could or have the results year after year that they could. If they put a lot of money on the table, (laughs) a lot of money, you know, and I, I, I can see this stuff. Parents listening, you know, I can players. I see this stuff. I've been in the gym with elite hockey players for 11 years as a strength coach. And then also throughout my entire career, you know, elevated career. It's called juniors to pro 10 years, pro three years, division one, three years in the USHL, you know, 16 years of very high level hockey. And, and I, I can tell very easily, you know, who's going to reach their potential. Who's going to push that, that limit. Who's going to give themselves a chance you know, and one of those kids that comes to mind is Joseph Wall. He just, he's one of my clients uh, since he was 15 years old. And uh, he just signed a three-year extension with the Maple Leafs this offseason. Um, he had a shoulder surgery just to, to, to in the middle of summer and um, to start the year, missed a little bit of time. And he just set a record in the AHL for the Toronto Marlies, the Maple Leafs uh, farm team, for most consecutive wins in a row for a goalie. He won like eight games in a row, and he's probably at like nine or ten now. And Dude, this guy, since he's 15, you say jump, he says how high. You say I need you eating vegetables, he's eating vegetables. You say do this, he's doing this. You you know, I, I probably had one conversation with him like, okay, you know, I want you to get to the gym before starting at four, you with me. I want you to get to the gym early and I want you to have done this, this, and this before we start our session. Dude, I've, the kid's been with me since he's 15, you know, every single summer since then, every single day is the first guy to the gym. He's the last guy to leave from my pro group. Um, everything he does is dialed with intention and purpose. He's trying to work with as many different uh, people that can elevate his game as he possibly could, from vision specialists to you know massage therapists to uh, uh, you know Dr. Tony, my functional sports med doc, to myself, to uh, running coaches, to movement. Literally, if there's somebody out there that can give him an inch, he's gonna take that inch. And so, like, it's not an accident, you know. Tove talking about Molson and all this stuff. So they are consistent because of their habits. And they're able to perform those habits and details and focus on those daily circling back because they love the freaking game. There we go. It's a circle. It's a circle. You wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't do those things consistently if you didn't love what you do or you didn't love the outcome of what doing those things get you in terms of your, your ability to play, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We have a, uh, a sign up in our locker room says the pain of discipline is much better than the pain of regret. Ooh, I like that. You know, and it just goes to like every day. It's an everyday thing. 
and that's the discipline that it needed. And then the last thing I actually like just to change gears here, but not really changing gears here, just like the last thing that I have that is very relatable to what we were talking about is if you want to play in the NHL, you better be coachable. You have to be better be coachable for all the kids that are listening, all the players that are listening to this. Like you have to be coachable and you have to take in the things that people are telling you. Um, because if you're not, if you think that you have all the answers, you're done. You're done. And you really learn that as a coach because you understand how often and how quickly the game changes and how like the best leaders forget about hockey, but all around are the ones that are adaptable and the ones that are continuous learners. And I can tell you from experience, I know of kids that I coach that are not coachable. They do not get to where they want to go. None of them do. But the kids who are, they're curious and they seek out help. They seek out advice. They seek out how to get better and they put plans together. Like those are the kids that end up maximize, maximizing their potential. And those are the kids that end up making it at the end of the day. And so, you know, I would encourage all the kids out there to kind of reflect upon the way that you view your coach. <laughs> and that's not to say that some kids have bad coaches because some do. There's no question about that. Not every coach is good. But at the end of the day, like you have to be willing to get better. Like it's up to you. Um, a coach can only do so much. You, It's a two-way street and you have to be the one that puts that stuff into action and believes in it and, and puts the work in to, to get better. Right. So I just think, um, you know, you're talking about Wally sounds like one of the most coachable people in the world. Yep. Um, and, and that's another consistency between people that I've seen to go on and do pretty cool things in this game is they were learners and they were coachable. Dude, and I hate, hate, I, I don't like using that word. So I think it's a bad word, but like I strongly dislike youth hockey players that think they know it all. That is like a pet peeve of mine, you know, like, yeah. and I'm sure parents are laughing at this because it's like one of those things where the older guys, oh, you think, you know, huh? You think, you know, huh? Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but I like youth hockey players that think they know it all that grinds my gears big time. So what, what makes them know it all? Like what, when you say, when you're looking at a player and you're like, that kid thinks he knows it all. What, uh, what, what gives that? It's an attitude. It's an attitude. It's an attitude of like, you know, I, I don't care what you're telling me. Like I'm, I'm the man. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the best. Like why I, I don't need to do these things that you're asking me to do. I don't need to be disciplined with this stuff. And it's not just like the hockey stuff. It's the life stuff. Most importantly, mm you know, the people who think they have it all figured out, they, they realize some more quickly than others that they don't. And so the quicker that you can understand that you don't have it all figured out and you need people to push you, you need people to hold you accountable. You need people to teach you things, the better off you're going to be. And I'm sure you've had people, I've had people for sure that I've coached that just thought they knew it all and didn't need somebody to, to push them or teach them anything. And that never ends up working very well for them. Yeah. I mean, if, you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. And if you think you're the smartest guy in the room and you're not, then, then you're an idiot. So um, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be your next thing going up on your wall in your, in your gym or tattooed on your chest. 
Well, well, how about this one too? Because this is a major one I just thought of about players. You know what what it takes to make the NHL is responsibility. You have a good game, you take responsibility. Obviously, you have a bad game, a bad shift, a bad month, a bad whatever. You make a mistake. Those best players, those players who make it to whatever that next level is, they ownership, take responsibility, and ownership for their actions, their inactions, their mistakes, their learning. You know, they're the ones out there reading books and journaling and stretching at night and eating healthy and, you know, making good decisions and not waiting for people to give them answers. They're going out to search for the answers themselves, right? Like all of that extreme accountability, extreme ownership, every player that makes it, they all take that. Most of them anyway. Yeah, most of them. (laughs) I mean, the vast majority of them, especially, especially now today definitely man well i think this is this is a fun conversation to have um and and i think it's a really relevant conversation in so many different ways i i think you know we talk a lot about youth sports and youth hockey particularly in this podcast and i think that this pervasiveness of making it quote unquote making it to the highest levels is something that um in a lot of ways has deterred people from the most important thing that we talked about, the first thing that we talked about to making it, and that is growing a passion for the game and and loving it. And so, yeah, I think we, Jeff and I just thought it would be fun to kind of toy around with like stories that we have and stories that other people have about quote unquote, making it and what we've seen, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and what we know from having been close to it and, and seen people that we know and love get there. And it's just, um, you know, I think it's just a relevant conversation for a lot of people, particularly in, in that world to, to kind of get behind. I love it, dude. I love just talking about high performance in general. Yeah. So this is whether it's life or talking and like Tope said at the beginning, um, whether they make it, whether they don't make it, whether they reach for the stars and they don't hit it, but they land on the moon, like by reaching for the stars, you are going to gain so many more skills, so many more um, things that they're going to be able to use in their life, Uh, like so many important lessons and perspective and all of these things. So like consistently like pushing them to be better people, be better athletes, be better teammates, be better leaders, be better everything, but without like the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the craziness. All right. Let's just always remember, let's keep that nugget in that back of our helmet, the back of our head, there, back of our baseball cap. Like, why are we doing this? What is the main reason we're doing this? And the answer is not to force your kid to play in the NHL when they're seven. All right. Mom (laughs) and dad out there. All right. Let's, let's remember that. What do you know about pressure? And what do you know about Ray Finkel? And Rod Tidwell. <laughs> Two football movies right there. There we go. go. get it. Uh, all right, guys. Well, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We definitely did. And we appreciate you guys so much. We hope you have a fantastic, fantastic week. And we will see you again next week. Take care, everybody.